Okay. Uh, hello and welcome to our first episode of a new podcast, Scotch on the Balcony, where myself, Harry, and my partner in crime, Alan, um, will be discussing each episode and the themes and topics which pop up in each episode. So as this is our first one, Al, um, hello. let's just talk, let's talk about why we love uh, Boston Legal. So do you want to, do you want to start about why you love Boston Legal? Yeah, um, I came into the show probably, or heard about the show probably about a, a year or two after it had started. Um, uh, somebody had recommended it to me, actually on the basis that uh, William Shatner was in it, and I was a bit of a Star Trek fan. Um, but I mean, in terms of, from the kind of, obviously the first episode that we're going to talk about now, um, but from the kind of first few episodes I watched, I just, I loved the characters in it. Um, it kind of had the right mix of kind of comedy and drama. Um, and a good kind of ensemble cast as well. So you have really good actors and quite well-known actors um, outside of the main two kind of starring roles with Spader and uh, and William Shatner. And I, I covered off the back of starting to watch Boston Legal, I, I had gone back at the time and watched the last season of The Practice, which they had guest starred in. I think Jane Spader was in for the last series of, which kind of obviously... Sp- they obviously saw something in it, the studio executives or whoever it is that makes these decisions. Um, but you could see the chemistry between Shatner and Spader. I mean, it's it really is... There's probably episodes you would look at that might be relatively weak from a story point of view as the seasons go on. But it is, it is that kind of brotherhood or camaraderie, whatever you want to call it, of um, the... Spader and, and Shatner characters, Alan Alan Shore and um, and Denny Crane. So my, my love of it really is, it, it comes from 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 those those two, and also you kind of feel sometimes like that those two characters are like a lot of men's inner voices <laughs> quite often, but, 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 but they're they're quite public about it. But I I mean I just I think it's a it's a, I mean even even the episodes as I said that aren't necessarily that strong. It's massively held up by 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 those two who are just brilliant in it. Well, well, for myself, um, like I had watched the practice, you know, for the first few seasons, and this was before you know before the time of 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 recording or television and and you know YouTube and all that. So I'd watched the first few seasons with Dylan McDermott and loved it, but then may just stop watching it. Um, in relation to Boston Legal. Again, like something similar to yourself, had already been on a few years. I'd already been into the first couple of seasons, and I'd heard of that. Are, you know, James Bader was in it, who obviously I'm a big fan of, and and Shatner, of course. Who, if you don't love Shatner, then I think there's something wrong with you. So that, that's how I got into it. And from the first episode that I watched, I just I just fell in love with 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 that kind of partnership, that couple, because I do think they are the best couple in, on TV. You know they. <laughs> you know because that's what they are you know it's 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 kind of everything that a couple should be you know um you know and the fact that you know you could say one is a democrat and the other is a republican and yes it doesn't make a difference they still love each other you know it's a good point i think um i mean i, I don't know in terms of with uh i would call it political correctness though people hate to call that but I, I'm not sure if some, they would get away with some of the stuff now, but that's what I like about it, that it was on PC. But, 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 but I think in terms of like what you're saying in terms of the, 
I, I imagine for America, it, it's it's quite an interesting show for people to watch now because, like you've said, it, it shows that people can be... You can have somebody who's completely pro-gun, pro-hunting, pro, pro-life probably, pro-all of it, and you've got somebody who's completely on the other side. But ultimately, it, what shines through is, is, as you said, it's the friendship. I mean, there's, there's different kinds of people in the world. I like to surround myself with people who have differing opinions because I find that interesting and I love an argument. But then there's other people who, who don't like that. And I think the people who don't or aren't comfortable with that, they end up in those kind of polarised parts of the world where you're either extreme this, extreme that, or and you can't, I couldn't possibly speak to somebody who doesn't agree with me in this stuff. And I think this show is, is, is proof of... It's, it's proof of that and a number of other things which we'll, we'll obviously talk about. But it, in, in terms of the friendship, I think it just shows that these are two people who um, massively enjoy each other's company while completely disagree with each other on most but most importantly they hear each other out it's a very good point i never thought about it like that you know that never came to me you know that the fact is that the two of them because they come from opposing points of view but they're, they're not scared there's no fear in them to be with somebody who who has an opposite opinion because it is a good point what you're saying is that people who don't like the question themselves who you know it is they become fearful so they you know there's there's safety in numbers so they either go you know they go left or they go right or they find a group to be with um yeah. two characters that we have here in in relation to uh alan and denny they're not scared to be wrong not, and as you said they talk it out they're not scared to get involved in a discussion yeah. that they don't agree with you know and i think and the conversations that they have on the balconies which we we, we refer to the balcony they're they're just beautiful conversations, you know. It's I mean from a and from a, a TV point of view for that type of show it's it's um it's 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 a great way to, to tie up episodes um at yes. the end as well which I, I think um you know it's like it's a completely different actually to the show Only Fools and Horses but what it does that's similar is it it does it does comedy along with tragedy and kind of the, the deeper subjects really really well um. You know, I think I think that's um, that that what comes across. But I mean, so do you want to do you want to just kick off and start talking about the actual first episode? The first episode is is head cases, and you know it does start off with the um, the the boardroom scene, which I think is, is is for all pilots that first very first scene is is a great scene. I mean, it sets up you know all the different characters that we start off with, and. The, the team of that character as such, if you want to say, it sets it out straight away. The bit uh, where, yeah. you know, the very first scene is where discussion is between Alan and Brad. Brad has come in, obviously, from the other office. Is it the Chicago office, I think? But I can't remember exactly. And Alan's already going, no, 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 I'm sitting here. And Brad is going, no, I'm sitting there. And it's like, it's already setting it off. And we're talking about two characters here who are totally different. Like, they couldn't be more f- further apart. Oh, well, yeah. When he, in, when, in how they look at everything and do everything. When, yeah. um... Yeah, when, when Alan Shaw yeah, comes in I and just, just moves yeah. his stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I, I think... Because that, that opening scene, um... Is, is, uh... Is quite hectic in terms of the amount of people and what's going on. Um... I, it's all... There's, there's so many... There's so many kind of... And actually, you can you can see from the pilot they obviously have quite a few uh, 
well, reasonably well-known actors who who didn't make it. The, the couple of them who, who didn't make it to the main to yeah. the show when it got picked up. But I think that that opening, you're right. That open that opening scene does it does kind of obviously set the tone um, for what the series is going to be. But also, it's it's it was it's quite a busy scene because you you've you've got obviously the the, the staff meeting. You've got. Um, what happens then to Edwin Poole and it's it's quite a hectic setup to, to start the show off so it kind of it immediately gives you a gives you a clue as to as the as to what the show is going to be like yeah but but I think it is one of those opening scenes that you need to go back and watch a second time or a third time because as you, yeah as you said it is very hectic and it's only in preparation for 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 this that I went back and I watched that first scene a few times over the last couple of weeks and there's just so much going on and it's the little conversations and it's the little words that you know that set you up for for basically the whole five seasons which just it's just it's just a great opening scene then he coming in and then he just coming in taking control doesn't give a shit he doesn't care come here because <laughs> he just doesn't like your goes from oh, who was it you know, and he says, right, all right, everybody, luck and load. It's like, come on. You know, and he's a lawyer, but he's just, it's, it's you know, luck and load. It's like, it's great. We, you, the lawyers don't you're, talk yeah, you're, yeah. And kind of from that from that early scene where he's talking about shredding documents and that, you know, he said, well, you know, there's some, I mean, I, I threw if there's someone, something, an investigation or something that's coming towards him. And he's like, well, I mean, you know, obviously we shredded those documents. And they're like, we, we don't shred documents. He's like, well, we should do it now. <laughs> it kind of sets the tone at that. That kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. Denny yeah. Crane is, is, is somebody who's no, no, not above no. skirting the law. Yeah, or he says something like, uh, yeah, doesn't he say, yeah, uh, yeah, we we burnt them. And he goes, yeah, but, but we didn't. No, 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 we'll burn them then. <laughs> do it tonight. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll do it, do it today. And the other um, guy is like, yeah, well, I mean, it's... But, but then he's kind of going, it's like the him is just, yeah, just, yeah, that's what we do. That's what we do here. Just, yeah, yeah. whatever, you know. And it's, and again, just sets it up for the five seasons. It's, as well as referring to the legal industry as well, you know, like yeah. let's let's not pretend like I myself, you know, I, I my paths do cross with the legal industry with my job and stuff, and I mean, this shit happens, right? <laughs> I've been told. Yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah, there's, there's there's no doubt about it. I mean, I, I I actually just a general question, right? Not necessarily about Boston legal, but I think this. Why do you think so many TV shows are based around, certainly in the US? are based around courtrooms and the law. Well, uh, yeah, I think it's probably because you you can touch on something. And every, and every single in every single episode you can have a new story. And it's very easy to have a new story. And that's what I love about Boston Legal is, which we'll we'll talk about later, but there's always one or two stories going on. So it's easy to bring yeah. in to bring it's easier to bring in uh, characters just for one episode or if you're doing a two-part or a two-episode you know so it's you you have your main core of characters and then every episode you bring in a new one you bring in a new story yeah and then you can you can make you can basically mess around with the characters and explore the characters the main ones based on what's happening like you have your like if you watch your detective shows you know detective shows obviously it's an, a new case every every episode okay but yeah but it's harder to explore the characters i feel in detective shows but in a good courtroom in a good legal series you can see how each character deals with each different case so i think i feel it's easier than 
sorry, ra rather than this show, okay, the two main characters in this show and the arcs that they go through are obviously Alan and Denny, okay? However, all the other characters go through arcs as well within, yeah. within the show, within each season, you know, and especially with some of the great characters that they bring in. You know, you bring in someone like Candice Bergen, for example, and she, she has a, a, a position to play within the hierarchy of of the characters but yet her herself bring you know goes through an arc of her character and it's a lot easier to do that by bringing in different types of uh, of cases and i think that's why why it's so in america is probably because they're just better at making them yeah it's, it's true i mean I, they, they are but all, and also because america is such a litigious society right that you can literally sue or go to court for for any reason and i think it's, it's probably um important to note I suppose as well I mean that this series was uh, started in 2004 so it was the height of post 9-11 George Bush world yeah um, so there's quite a, there's quite a bit on that in, in later episodes and um, but it was interesting because I was looking at I, and I knew the creator of the series David E. Kelly and I, I knew he'd done Ali McBeal um, I, I, I knew that um, as a law one before but look, I had a look into him and he was Obviously, he's done a lot of TV shows, but he he did LA Law as well. Um, he did the practice, so he's obviously I don't he, he obviously I don't know either he likes <laughs> either he likes these legal dramas or I don't know maybe he was previously um, actually I'm just looking here now it says he was a former Boston lawyer so there you go there you go um, <laughs> there yeah that yeah, makes so, a lot so, of sense so he, yeah so he obviously finds there's a lot in it uh, and also I think it's it's aspirational right to become a lawyer. I guess certainly in the US, but really it's considered a good profession anywhere. So it's I suppose it's another one of those careers that's aspirational, and um, and you can you can rely I suppose if you have a, a show that's about you know US shows usually you know it's either somebody who works as a marketing executive it's always some kind of cool profession, but you're right with the with the law like if you said it in a newsroom or at a newspaper, um then you. Although obviously you've story arcs for your people for your characters, you've also got um, a, a lot of other storylines you can go into just by the nature of what the professions are. Like the first episode, obviously this show of Boston Legal, you have you know a woman who's um, trying to stop her husband from taking the kids away, um, and you also have a a little um, African American girl who wants to play uh, the orphan Annie. <laughs> so you've got two. Yeah very diverse court cases or, or potential cases going on right and and I, I, I always that's what I always found um, fascinating about it I mean what, what the one thing that's missing from this pilot interestingly which does obviously permeate through the rest of the series is the Spader character the Alan Shore um, kind of courtroom speech which there isn't really one in this one because the Reverend Al Sharpton comes in which is quite, I think, quite a funny moment. But yeah, I but I think there's a reason for that, and I was just, and I was thinking about it today when I was when I was when I was rewatching that bit, because that goes back to the conversation that he Alan had with Denny in the bar, and Denny is saying, uh, "Pull the rabbit from the hat." So, a lot of the times later on, Alan's speeches are the rabbit and being pulled from the hat. So the things that he does and his speeches and, and they, they, like I said, they are the rabbit in the hat. So in the first episode, who yeah. better, who better, who better to show 
what it is to pull the rabbit in the hat than for Denny to get Al Sharpton to come in and do it. And the best bit I love about that scene is just when he walk as he's as he's walking by Alan. I can't remember the exact words, but he finishes with Denny Crane, <laughs> and he just walks yeah, yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's brilliant. But 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 I think that's that's what that's in there. Give for, us a I black think. off and Annie. Yeah. I, lo- I love that. I love <laughs> yeah. his speech. I'm not yeah. I'm not going to try and take off his his accent. I just no, did. That's better but, than mine. Uh, he's 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 um. I just I just thought it was it was absolutely fantastic. But I mean, it's in in terms of. I think the first episode really, as a pilot, it's really good. A lot of pilots are, they're so transfixed with setting everything up um, that they can be a bit bland. I think this really was, you know, from the moment that Edwin Poole, who's obviously it's Crane Poole and Schmidt is the, yeah. uh, he's one of the, the, the main partners in the firm. And, and I think from, from the point where he comes, you know, just for anyone who hasn't watched it, but, he, you know, where he comes into the staff meeting late um, but obviously he's not wearing any trousers, and he's he's kind of he's kind of had a breakdown, um, and it, it from there really it, it hits the ground running, and you see that you get to see a lot of the Denny Crane character um, in the beginning, where he's kind of don't worry about it, we we got you, buddy. You know, you'll, you'll yeah. be fine. You just yeah. concentrate on getting better. And it's like, demagnetizes parking pass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I know when a guy is finished. And it's 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 brilliant. But then it's, it's like he's heading up the firm. And then you kind of have this um, situation where, from, from the, again, from the very beginning, where people think, well, he's, he's you know, the Shatner, Denny Crane, is not capable of, he's kind of, he's law, he's he's losing his, his own kind of critical function um, and kind of is a bit of a, is a loose cannon and somebody who can't be trusted even within the firm in terms of, you know, as we find out later on, in, in terms of, um, is his mind, is he, is he, are his mental faculties slowly declining or is he just getting older and not giving a shit? Um, which I think is, it's quite, a, it's, it's kind of from, from the first episode where they're trying to, all, on the on the uh, what's the guy's name? Rene Aubergine, like the um, what the hell? What's his name in the show? Um, he's like he's like he's like the no, he's like the lawyer's lawyer. Um, oh Paul! Uh, oh, he plays Paul Lewiston. Yeah, Paul Lewiston. There you go. So he, uh, where it, from the very beginning you see that Paul is trying to is is kind of trying to shepherd people away from Denny Crane. And like you know, yeah. What, what what like you said, this guy who thinks his wife is is cheating on him. Well, actually, there was three cases in the first one. So they, they, he thinks his wife is cheating on him, and they, they, you know, they, 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 his sixth wife, his sixth <laughs> wife. Yeah, he's been married to for months. Yeah, which um, and he and he had the other five annulled. So that <laughs> I think it's well, you know. So talking about the, I mean, we can get into the nuance and the details of the of the actual episode, right? But let's just talk in overall terms. Like, if, if somebody's watching this now, and the show is 2004, so we're getting older, so actually it doesn't feel like that long ago that I no. was watching the show when it was on, right? But it's obviously, it's 14 years, yeah. right? 15, nearly Jesus. 15 years. Yeah, right? that's a long time, yeah. I I would think, I, I love the show, as you know, with both of us. It's probably my favourite yeah. show. It's the one I've gone back to, along with 30 Rock, it's the one I've gone back to probably most often to watch again. But do you think people would look at it now and think, Oh, that's a show for middle-aged, middle-class white men. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a white male privilege fantasy, in terms of, and I, and maybe that's why I love it. I don't know, but Shatner's this <laughs> aging man who's still getting laid 
um, on a regular basis. You've Alan Shore, who's, as we will get into with it, is, um, uh, you know, I, I guess his flirtatiousness now at times, there's a lot of people out there who would say that's creepy. I don't think so. <laughs> I think, but uh, do, do you no. think, <laughs> coming in and watching this now, what do you th- do you th- what do you think their thoughts would be on watching that pilot episode? Well, for starters, I'd still think, and this is why I think it's one of the best TV shows ever, is that, I mean, I didn't realize till you said 2004 just how old it is. But yeah. it's still relevant. You, I, I'd still, I mean, if I'd never seen it before, now, obviously, with the first episode, the only thing that would be dated on it is the fact that we've had a Black Annie, right, <laughs> since. But the storylines that are in this show, they're still relevant. You know, Boston Legal is great as as mirroring um, what's going on going on in the world, obviously, especially in America, because obviously that's where it's based, um, and bringing that into the show. So the problems that are there in the show from two thousand and four to two thousand and nine, okay, a lot of them are still here. We're still dealing with them now. Obviously, we have a lot of new ones, okay, that are, that are popping up and becoming, you know. I'm not going to go into it. I'm not going to go on a rant. But so I think people that would sit down and had never seen it before and are starting to watch it, it, you'd have to have a bit of a government warning with it to say, look, this is in 2004. Okay. So for those who are on the far left, you know, who get offended sometimes very easily, they're going to get offended. But I think that's one of the great things about the show is that it, it doesn't hide from anything. It says, here it is. We're talking about it. You know, it's it's yeah. it's not. I've never I've never found Boston legal preachy, and I think that's that's one of the great things about having the two characters, one being on, mainly on the right and may, and one mainly on the left, um, that it, it stops being preachy. It stops. Te- it doesn't tell you what you should think. It says, "Well, here it is. What do you think?" I would recommend for for people to watch it even now who have never seen it. My my fear would be that the younger people, those in their uh, late twenties, and um, that we may have a slight social justice, justice, sorry, warrior thing about them, might look at it and go, you know, this is a disgrace. But it's not. It, it, but that would be my no, I mean, fear it's, it's, because it's, it's, that's how people. Because as you said earlier, there are certain things that happen in the show that if it was a new show, it probably wouldn't be picked up. Which is thank you know, thank God that they made it when they made it. <laughs> Otherwise, we wouldn't have it. No, I think so. I mean, in, in, yeah. In, in terms yeah. of, I thought I was thinking, you know, in, in terms of the, the sexual side of it and the kind of flirtation yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And certainly, as the series goes on, yeah. I, I mean, again, I'm, you know, I, I think, you know, we're all adults. We, it's a TV show, and um, you know, it, it's it's flirtation. It's not like it, it doesn't ever skips over. I don't think it's anything. No, you know, anything else, but it, but it, but it, and, and you're right in terms of it's, it's actually quite interesting you say that because it, in, in terms of, uh, we are still dealing with a lot of the same issues, even if they've moved on. So, in terms of obviously, you have to take feminism and that's moved on, you have the Me Too movement, and you have a, a different brand of feminism now than, than you would have had before. And I'm not against that I think that's fine everything has to, has to move on and forward but you also have the political side of things there still is a an effective war on terror um, and 
you know, we, instead of George W. Bush in the White House, you've got Donald Trump, um, which is a bit of a difference. But it is it is a lot of the same issues. And, and as the series goes on, um, when it deals with things like the, the really interesting one, which is a later one, which we'll, I guess we won't get into into detail here, but the things like when he's talking about the war on terror and surveillance and um, that kind of extraordinary rendition, all that type of stuff. Um, that's an amazing speech um, that, that he gives. Uh, and it's really interesting with Spader. I mean, if any, for anyone who's not that familiar with his work, he is a very intense, very, he just comes across as a phenomenal actor. So, come here. Uh, yeah, so the... Yeah, the show is still relevant. The episodes and the the, the the themes and the topics that come up are still relevant. And that's going to be seen in the very first episode. Because we have the Black Annie, which is basically, you know, about um, a black Afri- African-American girl going for the role of Annie. She's probably the better singer. Yeah. She's the more talented. Okay. But, you know, but the other girl is white. So what's the problem? Okay, and we have that still going on today, usually. Well, hold on, just just as I, I think, I think it's uh, the the Black Danny one. I think is 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 what you're talking about is important because. Um, oh yeah, it's it's interesting. It's interesting when you think that's two thousand and four, and you come to now, and what we have now is, or at least w- the way it's going in terms of casting. Because at one point, Alan Shore says, you know, I I think you know casting has always struck me as an inexact science. You know, in in terms of that, you know, they they have they have kind of carte blanche to, um, cast who they want, and now you have a situation where you you have people certainly on when and you know because this is obviously I I don't I think it was a school production rather than Broadway, but well in the show, but it, when you have on 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 Broadway in the West End here, you have people who, uh, have stepped down from roles yeah. because they weren't. Uh, let's just say ethnic eth- their ethnicity ethnicity was considered not appropriate. So that argument of saying that a lot of Asian characters are whitewashed. And also, in terms of, you now have arguments saying, well, if it, if a character has a disability, then it should be a disabled actor who's playing that part. Now, I mean, that's very prevalent. And it's interesting that that storyline is very prevalent now. In, in, in fact, it's moved, it's moved past that in terms of... I mean, personally, I don't know if you want to, we want to get into this, but personally... I, I, I'm not bothered like if if for example you know a female Doctor Who I don't care as long as it's a good show um, although I don't really watch Doctor Who um, and, and kind of if it's going to be a female James Bond or if, if you're saying well oh. the, the, the character of Annie was written for a, for a white a better white girl uh, if it's going to be someone who's not white I have no problem with that either I think it's you know it, it might add something potentially add something to the show the, the, the where it's interesting and I'd love if Boston Legal was on now to tackle it because you have on with you have people now crying cultural appropriation, where you know, for example, I'm a white Irish guy. If I was to release a song, not that I ever would, but if I was to release a song and it was kind of hip hop or whatever, people are saying, "Well, you're 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 culturally appropriating another, uh, you know, from another culture that's not your own." The world has gone mad, and I think Denny Crane and Alan Shore would have had a field day with it. Oh, they, they would have. The writers would have had a field day, but I, but, but I think, but I think they kind of got it right with, because what I always, what I always look for, another thing I always look for in these episodes is, is, is how they settle the settlement of of each case that they have, and 
what they're trying to say. So if you're making a movie, right, and, which I, I'm not, right, I have no experience of it, but I'm looking at it from a, a money-making point of view, okay? So yeah. you cast the the actors, you get the the right directors and writers, you get the people in that you think will give you the best exposure, make the best money, be the most profitable, okay? And, like, yeah. that's that's the reality of it. That's the world we live in. Who was I listening to the other day? Oh, yeah, Eat the Cost. He says, and, you know, uh, he was talking about employers. Employers having to eat the cost to hire different people just for the sake of diversity or just, in the case of making films, just because in the book that character was um, Latino or Mexican, but instead they, 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 put a, they put a white actor in, right? And before we came on, I took a few notes, and, um, and I was thinking of the ones I could think of, because there are hundreds that this happens, has happened in over the years. And if you go back to movies in the past, right, and the one, the, the one that really, I don't know why this popped into my head, was, was John Wayne playing Genghis Khan. Right? <laughs> You'd, yeah. You know, yeah. I'm, I mean, well, if, if you've ever game. seen it, you kind of go. Well, you look back. What was on a couple weeks ago? And that's why I popped in. I went, what the fuck? Right? Or uh, Burt Lancaster in Apache. Right? Uh, Ten Commandments had Charlton Heston and Ewer Brenner. Yeah. All right? One's an American. Is Ewer Brenner, I think he might have a Russian background, I think. I'm not sure. And then... Right, that made me remember. Hugh and Hugh Brenner went and did the King and I. You know, it's really weird that you mentioned Hugh right? Brenner because I, I actually heard a really good joke the other day. Well, I'll, Go and on. then and then well, it is, and because I do remember Hugh Brenner, and I went online to check it because then Hugh Brenner went and played it on on stage, and he he became the king, right? And he played. I can't remember what website I checked it on, but it said he played the king four thousand six hundred and twenty-five times on stage. Jesus. Right? It's smear. It's, it's, it can be satire, it can be comedy, but it's, you know, you kind of go, where, where do you draw the line? Who's well, got I, to pay for all this? I think, in the, look, and that's probably for the other podcast, right? Because I think, but I, I, you make some good points on that. I mean, I, I think it's, for me, everyone, there, there, there are a significant, I don't know if it's in numbers, but certainly in terms of voice, loud, group of people who are just I used to say it to a friend of mine years ago who um a very good friend of mine um and I used to say to her there is a difference between being offended and looking to be offended so if you if you're looking at what what, what, what did you say there what did you say there and you want oh, uh, no no sorry no go ahead yeah no, I was agreeing yeah <laughs> no no I know sorry I was actually I was doing her like where she go. You would, oh, you would sorry. Say, you, would, oh, sorry. You, <laughs> you would say something. I said, "What, what did you say there?" And you'd go back and say, "Oh, that's okay." And it's like, so you were starting off from a point of being offended when you only have heard what was said, and then decided afterwards whether or not you would actually be offended. And I think it's you know I get offended by things every day, multiple times every day, but it's that's just like that, that's I th I think there there are there yeah. are certain things that are definitely worth fighting for, and I, I do think you know there should be I'm all for more diversity and, and and you know all of that, but I think when you're getting to a point where you're kind of going into something like acting, for example, whether it's in the theater or in the movies, TV shows, and you're then telling people what it is they have to do or who they have to cast. I just I think it's very hard to keep the quality up then because the the fact of the matter is with some movies where 
I don't know. I mean, with, with John Wayne playing Genghis Khan. Probably had John Wayne because he was a big box office draw. I, I'm not saying, and listen, you've seen the stuff over the years, like, you know, I, like, a, a, like a, a white American man playing but, Fu Manchu. But that's why they do it. Yeah, that is why they do it. And, 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 and yes. people think, oh, I mean, Hollywood, is just, it's all whitewashing. It's like, listen, the day, and it's coming. It, yeah. The day that putting, for example, Chinese actors or Asian actors at the very forefront, the day they can make a huge amount of money off that, they'll do it. It's all about money. And this is what I say to people. You know, why are we all of a sudden looking to things like Hollywood for morality? Why are we, why are we doing that now? Sorry, we're getting way off topic. But you see, <laughs> no, 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 we're not. But, that, that, but, no, no, but that's a great point, right? We, you know, if you're going to, there's something wrong with you. And it, there is something wrong with you if you're looking to Hollywood for morality, right? I always look to Hollywood for escapism to be, you know, for a bit of fun sometimes or sometimes for a, for a bit of a cry or something but it's not bloody real okay and you know and there's certain things that you said there that you refer to one of them was the the james bond one you know james bond being a woman okay no just stop okay i'm sorry james bond is a man and there's a reason for that okay the the, the thing about I think, and actually, think Al Sharpton mentioned black a black Superman, okay. And I think lately in the news they were talking about Superman Michael B. Jordan eventually playing Superman. Yeah, come here. It's come here, He's a good actor. I like him, okay. But Superman is white. Now, is it wrong of me to say that? Does, no, I don't. You know, I don't think again because there is a there is a money thing from it though as well because they're ta- like lately they're not going to make. A superhero movie now, unless it's gonna make half a billion. Now, who who what you you have to have famous people in it. It has to have something in it. Well, it is, and of course, the big one that happened lately was Scarlett Johansson in the remake of Ghost in the Shell. Now, I loved Ghost in the Shell. Mir, it was it was brilliant. I don't mean the film now. I mean the original. The original Japanese, manga. yeah, yeah, comic. Uh, yeah, the original Japanese I know, I manga. And they it, put yeah. Scarlett Johansson in. Yeah. And they basically did it scene, scene by scene. I didn't have a problem with it. But if you're looking to make a film like this, okay, and try and give it as much worldwide um, exposure as possible, you have to have a big name in the central role. Yeah. Okay, so that's where they picked Scarlett Johansson. But all... They had... The, so you can't give out to the producers for that because their job is to make money and to make sufficient money that they can make more movies. Now doesn't take a lot for a movie to bomb these days the bar is set pretty high for film companies to deem a movie a bomb like if it doesn't make over a couple of hundred million eh, we're not going near that again you know it's so i think kind of you know who's going to eat the cost for this you know and i I just finally say the last thing i'll say in this is that you also mentioned you know that that people that have disabilities and if a character has a disability it should be played by someone with a disability. I kind of have a problem with that because we're talking about actors here. They're supposed to be playing different, different characters from so themselves. Do, do, do you think? Um, and I, so, I know this, obviously this conversation is an extension of the Orphan Annie Boston Legal, right? But do, do you think there? Do you think there's a point where? I mean, I understand it when people say, you know, when I grew up, there was nobody like me on television or whatever, right? I can, I can kind of get that what they're saying. But when it gets to the point of, for example, saying that 
Apu in The Simpsons is, a, is an offensive racial stereotype. I don't... But then people will say it's not for us to say. But I don't, I don't really think it is. I, I always thought Apu was, was, was one of the better characters in The Simpsons in terms of, you know... Okay, he had an affair. <laughs> I think what the episodes were. He was a good family man. He, he, he ran his own yeah. business. He was a good family man. Um, you know, he he. I, I just I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, like, will common sense prevail on this, or 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 are we just going to continue on down this road where, like I said to you before, certain aspects I think of of political correctness now is it's starting to eat itself. So you have that article that I sent to you. Um, yesterday, which was Ricky Gervais, not an article. Ricky Gervais was saying was was had posted an article, uh, you know, about this trans uh, woman um, who had been born a man. I think was sexually assaulting or raping in jails, and he's like, I don't know where I stand on this, and I think that's a fucking cowardly because you know exactly where you stand on all other issues, and Gervais is very vociferous about it, and but yes. the problem is nobody wants to touch this because here's the issue. The issue on that one is, and I get, I get it, right? You want to be progressive, so you want to say that if somebody was born a, 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 a male and becomes a female, or vice versa, or consider themselves non-binary, then they should be able to use the same spaces. Um, you know, if I'm a woman now, or identify as a woman, I should be able to use women's spaces. And feminism is trying to be very progressive in terms of women. I mean, women who are biologically born women. And a lot of them don't feel they can talk about this a lot of women now because what do you say you're you're then being you're talking about other people being intolerant but then if you're saying well no i don't want somebody who was born a man in my changing room or in my you know in the changing rooms in a, in a gym or if i go swimming or using you know like for example public bathrooms for example um and and that's quite an, but I, I find it's very interesting because a lot of people I know who would have said, when I said a few years ago on this, because in, you know, I said, you know, we should just pause and take a breath. There's a lot of change happening and really see what's going on. And I was talking about this where, you know, for example, if I'm, I, if I'm, I'm a man, and if I say I, I'm, I now identify as a woman, so either I have the operations or I don't, um, I think we should pause and think about whether it's a good idea that I'm allowed to use women-only spaces, right? Female toilets and et cetera, et cetera, right? And I was basically told I was, yeah. I was intolerant and sounded like something from a different age. But those same people who sat around that table now can't answer the question and won't get into the conversation because they are, they are now realising, well, actually, I probably wouldn't feel safe in these... Because I totally get why women don't feel safe. I mean, I, I fucking... I, I can only imagine what it's like, um, you know, to be thinking all the time in terms of 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 assault. Um, but but there's a lot of women who, who who they can't have the conversation because they don't want to come across as intolerant. So in the end, what happens is nobody does anything, and we end up in a ridiculous situation. Like for example, where this uh, woman, um, I'm not sure if it was the same article as Gervais, this woman in prison, she's now doing life in prison. She was born a man, and she's been raping women in the prison. We have to be realistic and sensible about this stuff. The thing is, the the only thing, I man, I don't, man, I don't, I don't. I, it's too complicated, and it's 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 not that it's it's. No, I'll go with that. It's too complicated. You know, if I don't know what the solution is, I don't think we know what the solution is, and I don't think we're we're gonna we're gonna find it. But I would have loved to see what Boston Legal would have done with it. I know they had with the Clarence Bell character. Yes. Obviously, they. They kind of touched on it a little bit, but, uh, and that, but that was more comedic effect. That, that was more of a of 
Well, that, that was more about Clarence. The Clarence character in it was... Painfully shy. Was that a multiple personality? Was, I think he, you know, he, was, yeah. he was incredibly painfully but shy. The, yeah, and, 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 but, so they sort of touched on it. I mean, it's something which I think... It's, sadly, it's come to the forefront now because... And every side has taken their side and they're trenching in. And it's not possible to have a... I don't think it's possible at the moment to have a proper conversation with people about it. Because... It gets very emotional. People are, very, it, very it, it, it is very emotional. Right? And I mean, and we're talking about something... I know we've got a point here, but we're talking about something which I think the statistics are shown within that that group of people within society has a 40% suicide rate. Like, so for them, for those people with that condition, it's very, very serious. And I think once again, what we have in society at the moment is it's, we're fighting over the wrong things, I think. We're talking about the wrong things. So if you want to talk about the right thing, it's like, right, how do we help? Okay, I'm sorry, but fighting over whether somebody is, whether I think somebody is a man or a woman, is that as important as going to the people who are dealing with this and saying, right, how do we help? Especially when you see the laws. Is Canada that have brought in that law or are about to bring in that law? There's a region, um, there's a region in Canada. This is what, where Jordan Peterson was yeah. up in arms about it. And yeah. what they brought in oh, no, that, that's about... Oh, no, that's the pronoun thing. Don't yeah. get me started on that, right? But, but no, about... I think there's a... I don't want to talk about it anymore, but the, the, I think Canada are bringing in a law in relation to um, if your child, you know, eight or something, basically thinks that they're trans, that if you don't allow them to go down that route, they'll take your children off you. And you're going to go, hold on a fucking minute here. Like, how do we how do we deal with this thing? But like I said, back to what we're here for is to have a Boston Legal. <laughs> it would have been interesting to see how <laughs> to see how to see how they would have how they would have dealt with that. And I can't remember every episode, but as as we go through them, maybe they do. I can't remember. I don't think they do, but we'll we'll see. But yeah, but the black anything, I mean, look, it's still prevalent today. And I do think the settlement that they, as I said, the settlement to me is always something which I look at. And I think the settlement in this case where. Um, she was going to be the understudy for a weekend and three matinees a month. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think that's kind of the idea. Okay, so the, you're, 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 you're changing things a little bit, okay, but you're not eating the cost, right? So she, she gets something, okay? Everybody gets something, and I think it's, it, it's, a, good, it's a good settlement. And I think it's a good settlement that if people were to watch it now, now, obviously, everybody would have their own opinions on it, yeah. <laughs> you know, that it should have been one way or the other, as is, you know, as is the case with everything. But I think it's a good, you know, you know, these are the good type of settlements, the good type of ideas which we need to find within society to solve problems is by taking all the information in. Um, and I think, again, that's why, that's why, um, is another thing I love about the show. Um, the... <laughs> Sorry, I'm just laughing, just thinking of Al Sharpton. Mayor, what a, what a, what a great idea to bring him in. <laughs> you know, it's brilliant. Um, he is, uh, yeah, I mean, because he's not, Sorry, a, he's, he's not, a, I don't think he's acted in many, obviously he was playing a kind of a characterised version, well, actually not that characterised version of himself, a caricature version. Yeah. But, um, I, yeah, I, I thought that was, for the pilot, pilot episode, that was, I thought that was brilliant when he, when he came in, um, when he, when he came in. I mean, so in terms of, Moving on to the other the other cases, right? So 
the other ones that were in the first episode, you had the uh, uh, the 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 woman who's her husband was threatening to take the children. Right, she she was going to take a job in another state. Isn't that yeah, right? I thought I thought the, the the story behind that is that basically they got, they got married and there was a decision made that she would work to put him through business school, and then when that was finished with. He got all the way to the end, and he, I think he got his, he got his big job. Well, it was his, it was then his turn to put her school or through, was it medical school? I'm not, I can't remember which, um, which one it is exactly. But then he turned around. I think she said like a, a you know, a month after or something, he was out of here. He wanted a divorce, and I can't remember the guy who plays him, but I thought he was very well played him. You know, played the, you know, played him very well. He was a dick. Came across the proper, you know? proper asshole. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. He fucking was a proper asshole. But for for those who think this doesn't happen, I'm sorry for you out there. These people exist. I admit I've seen it myself. Because of what I do as as a claims investigator, I've spent time in court, and I tell everybody, come here. If 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 you've a spare day, go into the local courts or go into the family courts and get in and listen to this stuff going on. This shit happens for real, where people are using their kids as leverage. Or using them to get back at an ex partner, they'll do anything. Logic goes out the fucking window. That's that story actually the first episode of of that guy, right? I I quite liked um, I again like the first couple of minutes really set up who Danny Crane was. I thought that case and what Alan Shore did really set up who he's going to be in the show because. Um, you know some some quite underhand tactics. Um, he had to utilize in the end, and and again that theme that runs through the show of people want that um, kind of American TV show of everyone wanting to do the right thing, but if you get the bad guy by maybe skirting the rules a little bit um, and the law, um, it's it's you know it, you you have it's like a moral decision that you that you have to that you kind of have to make on it, and I thought that was quite that was quite what what he did was quite was quite clever in terms of catching the husband and um, cheating with it was it Will Holger and doing cocaine. Oh, yeah, obviously you know, he he'd yeah. he'd slip to the back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you know, but he did it. But that is again, this is back to the settlement and how this show, um deals with these cases and how they finish yeah. off these cases and the fact that what he did he alan blackmailed him right uh, to to use i think a, um with a, with a hooker bunny or uh or as denny calls it when he's on the balcony a hooker rabbits a hooker, <laughs> rabbit. I mean, hooker rabbits but 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 it's but it, but but it's that moral it's it, well it's not i mean it's is it's ethics moral against what should happen what is what is the right result here and it is something which we all have to deal with on a day-to-day basis which which again is a team that goes through the show and it and it you know again it's it, the show doesn't tell us how to think but it continuously asks questions it, t- it, t- it continuously says well here what do you think about that do you think this is what should have been done do you think this is right do you think what what what, what alan did was right um so, but if you look at it, how he got there, you kind of go, right, is that the right thing? However, in the end, it was the right result. So, how do you, how do you deal with that as an individual? How do we deal with, with those kind of things as a society? With, with, the, with the bigger questions. And then again, that's something which I, I love about the show, and it's what they, they did here. And it was very funny. You know, and he was a dick, right? There's no doubt about it. And there are people like this. 
there are many many fathers like this and there are many many mothers like like oh, that yeah. as well okay so can't forget that right it's not it's not just it's not just husbands and, and fathers and, and stuff like that but it was the right it was the right settlement and that morality question which is what is, is was good because alan did it and it wasn't even his case which is which is something which i loved because he just from having the conversation um with sally at the table when he walked in when when, when the dickhead walked in he goes alan just goes i'm gonna sort this shit <laughs> which is basically what he did and he did it in his way because they knew they, they knew there was no there was no right way of doing this because when you look at the brad chase character who was straight down yeah. the line and after the court case when the wife turned him says what do we do now and, and brad goes i i don't know so it shows that from brad is the ethical guy he's he's this you know he's the he's a good guy in one way right but if you just did that and if you just followed the rules in this case the dickhead would have won and however alan did what he did and the right result was got and again that's something which we all have to deal with on a day-to-day basis yeah some of us go one way some of us go the other way you know and and i think and again it's something which runs through the whole show again why this pilot is just such a good episode it's just so good Uh, it certainly is as a setup for the rest of the series is quite good and um the um oh god what is his name the uh what's his name the human kendall um Brad Chase, Brad Chase, he obviously he's at the start of it. He's brought back from the Washington office to Boston to kind of keep keep Denny Crane in check, because um, obviously they're they're worried about that Denny is yeah uh, is going is going a bit rogue and also just kind of maybe potentially through whatever it is maybe his his losing losing his mind a little bit in terms of uh, he's not he's not the lawyer he once was and I I think there's quite an interesting story arc through the first episode with that where you see very clearly at the start of the episode that Brad is a kind of a golden boy both with uh, Paul Lewiston yeah. and Denny Crane. But by the end of that episode, you can see yeah. the shift, um, to, certainly from Denny Crane's point of view as the head of the firm, um, you can see that shift towards Alan yeah. Shaw. Yeah, well, you see clear. that in the... Um... Which which marks that out, because obviously Brad, Brad and Alan have a very, you know, kind of tempestuous relationship from the start, where, you know, Alan takes his seat in the meeting room and then finds out that he's that Brad has previously slept with the girl, the, 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 girl, the lawyer that he's... <laughs> That he is currently seeing, you know that that line. It's that they both say at different points of the episode. It's like, oh, we're not territorial about that kind of thing, are we? When they come with he's talking about this taking his seat, and yeah. also when Brad is talking about having slept with, um, oh God, Lake Bell, the Lake Bell character. What's the Lake Bell character's name? Uh, Sally. Yeah, Sally. That's the one. Um, and I, I think that was that was quite good because it sets up those two in terms of because obviously Brad is very, um, very straight, moral down the line do the right thing um oh yeah no he, he is he's he's the he's the typical you know soldier boy stars and stripes yeah. republican clean boy doesn't well you know won't cross doesn't cross the line unless he has to and and does and you know and in this case he doesn't do it but what i also liked was and you're right in what you're saying how things there was an arc within that episode when it is the pilot which you know sets it out with Brintley because at the start when when Denny comes into the into the the boardroom at the start and he sees Brad you know there's a hug 
there's there's a lovely little moment between them. However, when we talk about the balcony scene at at the end of this, there's a you know, Brad comes on. Brad and Alan have their little thing, and um, Brad looks to Denny, and and Denny doesn't even look at him. Just sits in his chair because he goes no. It just and that that's the that's the show. Hey, Alan's my boy yeah. here. And so within that arc of that one episode, it just tells us that story so much in those couple of little scenes. How how um, how what what might have been in the past, the previous history between between the characters to what we have now. That hey, Alan and Alan and Denny, you know they're 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 boys. That's it. It's 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 them against everyone else sort of if you yeah. know what i mean but brad is I mean, brad's another great character and i think he's played played very well by is it mark mark valley mark valley i think mark valley yeah that's him mark valley yeah yeah and he's necessary and uh, you know he's necessary as well to to show the difference where alan within the actual um within yeah. the show which which is great and you're right um mark, uh, brad is brought back to help Paul Paul Lewiston control Denny, thank God that didn't work because then we wouldn't have had Candy's Bergen coming in later on. Come here, I know you love her, <laughs> and I love her, and she's she's amazing in it. I I I I'm Candice Bergen is just, I mean from from Murphy Brown, um I think she's just phenomenal, and and obviously she's not in the pilot right, but she's um, um no. but in terms of she really added something to the show, and obviously her previous relationship with Denny Crane was a. It was just brilliant. It, it was just a, a great source of, <laughs> uh, of 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 comedy, but also real touching drama as well at times and later on in the show. But yes, Candy Candy Burger was just fantastic. And again, the other the other kind of story arc that's within that is the one with Denny and his his friend, who was who was one of the biggest clients where he's sleeping with the wife. As we we, but what I love about that little story within it is something else which runs through the whole. The, the whole show from start to finish is that idea of of getting old and you know um, being relevant being relevant which is something which i i think they explore very well through the whole show obviously from from william shetner does a great job doing and great writing in relation to denny and and there's a great conversation in the middle of the it's kind of more i think about two thirds of the way through between denny and laurie i am um, on the balcony yeah where where um where Laurie asks him if he um, if he's scared of not being relevant, and his reply is, uh, "Don't waste your time trying to get into my head, you know. There's nothing there, yeah. you know." And then he turns around and he goes, "My domain, my city. I'm I'm Danny Crane, you know." And it's something which, which which is a which is beautiful. I, I think it, I think it's it is an interesting arc that goes through. The series in terms of 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 kind of Denny and just people in general getting getting older, um, I, and I think it is explored really well, um, kind of in in the show and 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 also that thing of if you, if you I guess if I mean if we're getting a bit more serious for a minute, but if you if you put everything on a career, then what is the lasting legacy with something like that, right? That you were once great but now not and. If it's if it's if that's all that you were, you valued yourself on. That's I think it's quite interesting because obviously with Denny, you know, and certainly he doesn't have. To, he's not. He's been married a number of times. I don't think he's he's had children and that. So you get you get the impression certainly from the first episode that that's the case. 
Um, I know obviously there's a story arc later on, but you get the impression that that's the case. It's all been about his career, and then he's kind of he's feeling that is he, is oh yeah, he, is he kind of relevant? It was kind of funny because the first time I watched that first episode, I really didn't see the twist coming that it was Denny who was sleeping with. Because obviously the guy who came in was a good, had known Denny. They, they were friends. They'd known each other for years. And I really didn't see the twist that the reason why Denny was yeah. trying to, trying to yeah. get him to not, or trying to get him to, to agree to not get a private detective on his wife was because he was the one that was shagging her. I thought that was that was just a little bit of genius. Um, and it really, um, it, 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 Monica Potter's uh, uh, character, really, you, I, I just thought her shock was like, what the fuck? Um, but yeah, I, I, that was a, I thought that was a, a nice semi-comedic kind of story arc that was going through the middle of the first episode. I mean, it was, but it also sets up for, again, in the pilot show, it tells us so much about Denny, of the type of, the type of character that, that yeah. he is. And it sets it up very well, because Denny is, he's, Denny is desperate, to be, desperate to be relevant. And I think he's when he's talking about that to um, to Ernie, who's the, the client whose wife, you know, and he's sleeping with his wife, and he's talking about Ernie being desperate to be re- relevant and so on and so forth. I think he's probably talking about himself as much. Yeah. In the show, they deal it because he's getting old, and you were spot on because we're talking about somebody who's getting to the end of his career. Oh, uh, you know what? You, and yeah. you probably look at saying this: this is this is all I have, and he's on, and that that whole idea that he's unbeaten. That he's never lost a case. And that's his legacy. Which is something which he, the character grasps onto as much as possible. And I, and I think in one or two episodes where he lived, I think he might have lost the case, but he was safe. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, yeah, still, yeah. Still, yeah. I'm not part of that. Still undefeated. Well, you, know? well, I, I really, you really do, even though he's a bit of a rascal and can be, you know, he says some horrible things in the series, and you know certainly to some of the women throughout the series. There's a, there's a really lovable side to him, because um, the the thing that I always, you know, that you don't really get to see in the first episode, but you're you're really desperate throughout the whole series to kind of see him one more time at least at his best in court, to kind of and you know throughout the series, you don't you don't get to see yeah. it in the first episode necessarily, but. You you it, it, you are kind of desperate to see that. I always thought, and I don't know if Boston Legal was a popular enough show, although it was pretty popular. Um, it's, I mean, it's it's syndicated and still shown now. But I'd love to see if, if they could find somebody who could do a young William Shatner, a young Denny Crane. I'd love to see a prequel of of um of him in his heyday, like the seventies, the eighties. That 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 kind of that kind of thing, you know. You you couldn't make it now, but. That was what you're saying about well, you can't, Danny Crane being so this, lovable the, and, and you wanted Here's the him. interesting thing about that, Heno, and here's the bullshit of all this, right? Um, you can get away with all that stuff so long as it's a, a, a place in time. So if you're doing a show and it's set back in the 70s, look at Mad Men. You, like, gratuitous smoking on screen. Now, I mean, I'm not. It's not that it's banned or anything, but it was almost. You almost felt like uh, cigarette companies must have been fucking secretly funding the show. <laughs> but it, you can get away with all that stuff where it's like, well, I don't know, but that's what it was like back then. You you, get, you couldn't do it now, yeah. modern. Where, um, but yeah, I think you're right. It's it's lightning in a. It's like that. That kind of show was is just lightning in a bottle, and the chemistry between the two two of those. I've rarely seen chemistry as good on a TV show as as between Spader and Shatner. I, I couldn't agree more. It's, but the Shatner character, and again, well, this comes down to Shatner and, and Spader, be, 
as you said, there's two two characters that do despicable things, things that they shouldn't say or do, and you kind of. But however, the genius of the writing and then the genius of the two actors is that you do love them. Yeah. You know, you're 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 spot on in what you're saying about Denny. You just want to see Denny just let loose. And the further that we go into the series, season after season, especially when his dementia starts taking over a little bit more, you just want him just to have just explode actually so you can get a get a vision back to to what the denny of old would have been like i think we get a little bit of we get enough of it and i think shatner plays it so well um that we get enough of it. it's enough well in the pra- in, interestingly enough in the practice um you see a little bit of him in court where he's 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 still pretty good i mean again the, the arc of of denny crane in practice as well is that he's a once great boston lawyer legend um and you, but you do see in a couple. I mean, one of them again. Jesus, if you if you if you had it now, it was about a woman in a wheelchair, and you're like, Jesus, you couldn't do it now. But yeah, you're right. You do you do kind of see enough of it. But I I just I just I I think as a first episode as a pilot, I, I think it stands up there with with, uh, with most TV show pilots for sure. Well, well, leading uh, leading up the last couple of weeks to to today, I couldn't think of any. And I went through all my collections, and I tried of a, to of a better pilot. Go back and watch if of, of a better pilot show from for myself. Personally. I can only give you one. I can only give you one Hanno, and it was cancelled after one season. But it was it was known. I, I think you and I spoke with this before, but it was known midway through the season. The it was the it was around the time of the writers' strike in, in two thousand six, um, and it was it it was just there was a lot of things. I think a perfect storm that came around for that show to be cancelled. Studio sixty on the Sunset Strip, but anyway. Um, it's a it, yeah, it's a really good show. But I, I think you're right. I think there's very few shows that that had a pilot um, no. as good as as Boston Legal. And I, and I know certainly in my family and um, you know my dad watched it and it would get it was a show where it's not just a young person show or whatever. And it's kind of all you know a lot of the different ages could watch it as well and and enjoy it. And I think Shatner's been much maligned for his acting over the years, but actually I I I think he's quite a good actor. I, he is now he might I think he might play up to it a little bit I, but at the end of the day he's a working actor yeah right so sometimes you have to play the roles or sometimes you have to play up to that more of them yeah I think he, he, yeah I mean it's, I, I look I, I, it just wouldn't have been the same show with anybody else yeah um, in, in that role I, I wouldn't have lasted Without Spader and Shatner, it wouldn't have lasted. Well, Shatner was just given the great, remember great one-liners. I mean, it was just it, it, he was given absolute zingers yeah. of one-liners. Um, uh, he'd probably be a hero for Trump's America these days, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Again, it would have it would have been interesting to see what what the writers and and what Spader and Shatner at the time, if they were making it now, would have done with um, with with Donald Trump and with the Republican Party as as they are today. You know, and what's going on yeah. there? I I still don't think it, I, I don't know. I, I I don't think it would have changed too much, because like we were saying earlier, the the topics that they that they explored are still things which are relevant today. These things don't go. You know, they're not going to go away anytime soon, and that's why I think Boston Legal will stand the test of time. I think it's something which, I think. You would hope that fifty years from now, people will may still look at it because it is it is a reflection of what of what was going on at the time. Yeah. So, it, hopefully, you would hope if we're 
if we're still alive and there's still humans around in 50, 100 years, that it'll be something that they look back on and, and watch. It might be in history class that they look at it, but it, it's still something that should, yeah. Actually, they probably should show the kids in school. That would be, it would be an interesting thing, <laughs> you know, to, get, to have discussions about. Everybody go home and watch the first episode of Boston Legal. I am. We're going to talk about it in class on Friday. <laughs> we're going to have a debate about it or something. You know, it'd be, but it would. It'd be fucking great. Um, and it is because there's so much in every episode. And it's, you know, and again, it is a reflection of what was going on and still is going on in, in the world yeah. today. Completely agree. I, I want to go watch it again now. So, com- so, so, so <laughs> we're finished. I'm probably up. So coming um, to, um, I guess we're, yeah. we're coming to towards the end of the first episode now, right? Um, in terms of yes, the the first of, you know, we've got, <clears throat> excuse me, in each of in each of the, I suppose for the last for the story arc with where Denny's sleeping with is actually sleeping with the guy's wife, um, that that's quite <laughs> an interesting scene where the guy where he Ernie finds out, and kind of comes in with a gun, pointing at Denny. Yeah, and um, which obviously turns out to be a starter pistol, and that that kind of that kind of speech by Denny Crane to about you know pull the trigger and the thing for guys of our age now is that you know is we need to still feel relevant and you know I want to go out in a blaze of glory and rather than fade away and stuff and I, I think it was it was quite interesting and poignant. I mean, had I been the guy, I probably still would have pulled the trigger, but uh, um, you know, it was it was it was quite. Because it really, it really yeah, did, it really did set up the Denny, the, the the part of Denny's story throughout the five seasons of, again, like you said, feeling like he's losing his relevance, and, you know, whenever he feels threatened in that way, in throughout the series, he kind of, lashes out and does impulsive things in terms of cases and, um, you know, uh, kind of throwing his weight around and stuff. But it's, I thought that was an interesting way to, where throughout the at that first episode, he is both kind of boorishly arrogant and confident but then also there's you know within the first episode even there's also that massive self-doubt as to whether whether he is the same kind of powerful lawyer he was before i think there's uh, um yeah i think that self-doubt is in the back of his mind in the first episode though i do think he's if you watch the scene that he has with alan where they're in the bar and i think he's still he, he's he, he knows it's coming. He knows, I think at the back of his mind, he knows the end is coming. But he's still, yeah, he's still Denny Crane. Yeah. Because when he's talking to Alan in the bar, he, he talks about, about about Edwin Poole, the guy with no trousers on that has the mental breakdown. He says the problem with Edwin, Edwin Poole's problem is that he doesn't like Edwin Poole. And then he goes on, he goes, from time to time, he'd look in the mirror and ask, what's the point? I never do that. Questions like that will kill you. What's the point? You don't ask. That's the point. The, so it, that's an interesting. You're right. Yeah, I've forgotten. I've forgotten that that that, that part. Um, do you think that's? I mean, that's an interest. I mean, do you think that's the way people should be going through life? Or because I mean, I do wonder sometimes if no. we're all too introspective. I'm not saying that. Yeah. It's, no, no, no. I know. Introspective. It, yeah, I do wonder if we're all getting yeah. a little bit too self-analytical and, and introspective about stuff. No, I, I actually don't. Actually, because of social media, and if you, you know. <laughs> if you spend any amount of time reading what people are writing on on Facebook or Twitter or whatever, you will see that I don't think enough people are 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 looking at themselves. I think in relation to to Denny Crane, 
who in the position that he's in in relation to his relevance in relation to his importance in relation to the fact that he's put 150 percent of his life into his career and that he is who he is is what he's seen as as being this legendary lawyer and that's and that's all he has now he's still doing it he's still in there but he knows at the back of his mind i think when when you put that discussion in and then when you put the discussion in that he had with his friend uh, ernie the bill like that i liked about that was that what the bit i got from that was that yes he was partly talking about himself i think when he was talking to him but he was also under he was under total control yeah because he knew that was the starter that was the starter gun because he had given it to him as a present so you know he was he was still in control and i and then if you think we're going to have the balcony scene now in a second and you see what he talks about in the balcony scene you'll see yeah he's still in control but he knows at the back of his mind he knows it's coming to an end so it's kind of like if you go back to what's the point what's the point of of going back and going through everything that i did this is i can't you know that whole thing of i can't change it this is who i am this is where i am and hey fuck it let's you know let's go which which is kind of what you get between the two between uh, denny and alan it's me it's it's just that type of beautiful relationship they just they just run with it the two of them for five seasons they just run with that relationship the two of them and it's it's it really is a beautiful thing. Oh, it is. So, so, so let's take it to the to the balcony scene. Then I think then at the end, um, which obviously sets up the, the the balcony scene is probably becomes iconic over the five series, right? Because it's it's how almost every every episode ends. Well, come here. Give me a second here, and I'll play it because I have it here in front of me. Okay. So we'll just play it and we'll have a listen. answered my question the other night (laughs) which was are you scared
saw the photo. Just getting a bit of a tear in my eye there watching that. I always do when I watch that episode. Watch that. Watch that scene. It's, it's just, like, it's just such a beautiful. It's a nice um, kind of thing I, to get at the at the. But all just in terms of, at the end of the day, to be able to sit with a, the friend or somebody close to you to have a drink yeah. and talk about the day. Um, these things are important in life. You know, they're they're important. They're well, well, look, important. they are, and, and I think it's something which, especially for. You know, now that we're in our forties. Uh, whoa, um, whoa, 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 whoa! Thirty-nine, thirty-nine till April. So, clinging on there, Hanno. Not yet. All right. Well, you're a child then. Okay, so you're a child. I'm in my forties. I'm, I'm, I'm a good. I'm a little bit into my forties. Um, you know, I have a couple of years before before fifties closer, and not looking forward to that time. But you may, but you're spot on. I mean, the, these are the things which which are very which are very important, and I think for men especially. It's something which doesn't get spoken about. You know, the thing that gets spoken about is the great friendship that two women have, and that's this is why I think this show is 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 important for a lot of reasons. But it shows the importance of of having a relationship like that, of having someone like that, yeah, or trying to find something like that in your life and having that, you know, having that scotch on the balcony, those with Danny and Alan at the end. Come here, it's great, and for you out there you know who are listening to it but not watching it there's a couple of little things that happen in it when you watch it that are that are so important to the relationship between um between alan and denny and that that one that we that we mentioned earlier about where when brad says uh, you and i now officially have a relationship and then alan says yeah maybe we can get together and do a couple of push-ups sport yeah well then alan turns around and he sits in his chair and he, beside Denny looks out at the city and, and Brad looks at uh, looks at Denny and Denny just looks out <laughs> and he's just in this smirk and then Brad turns and leaves and that's where Denny just goes just laughs and goes hooker rabbits I love it <laughs> and it's it's like it's that one little line just takes you know he just robs the comedy of the whole episode nearly sometimes it's just it's but but it's a beautifully written I find it a beautifully written kind of ending scene yeah and those couple of lines afterwards after brad has left you know it's a very poignant little thing and again if you look at it and you look at the way within it how alan at the end for sorry firstly the bit when alan asks him are you scared and he says the, the only thing to be scared of son is tomorrow now i like the bit that, that they, they put son in there yeah. now whether it was written in or whether denny put it in but it was just it was something else they to show you another side of that relationship between the two between the two guys yeah it is it is almost paternal yeah and then when he says i don't live never live for tomorrow never saw the fun of it and but there's at that moment when when denny says that he's looking out and alan but alan's looking at denny and it's just this look of of love and awe and just admiration for for his friend yeah. and alan and alan then just says denny crane yeah <laughs> 
And then he goes, what, what was that? And Alan raises his glass and he goes, nothing. Here's to no tomorrows. It's a bit, and then yeah. it goes into the and yeah, I, I, I was watching it going, fuck, you know, it's just, it's for the type of show that it is, to have scenes like that at the end, which are show, which are, you can just take it as another scene and nothing else, nothing more. But if you look into it and you let it pull yourself in, I mean, they're very strong. I find them to be very strong scenes. Yeah, very absolutely. So, so I mean, overall, I mean, I think, you know, it, it's, it, in terms of the, this, this, the episodes to come and the seasons to come, I think it sets it up beautifully. Um, and, and the fact that you then have Candace Bergen coming into it after the first episode as well, which adds something, another kind of dynamic. Also, quite a lot of the fringe characters in the first one, um, that character, kind of character, the kind of comedy actor, I can't think of his name. He's got, it's like three, it's three names. It's Michael something, something. He's... Um, yeah, John Michael John Higgins. John Michael Higgins. Um, he obviously... He's only in two episodes. Yeah, he didn't really make it, make it through very much. Yeah, so just to finish up, yeah, so your final thoughts on, on head cases as a, as a pilot? We've already said it's one of the best. Yeah, I think it, it stands up there as one of the best pilots of a TV show I've seen. I think the most of the characters hit the ground running um, that you kind of get to understand kind of who potentially, what their roles are going to be um, in the show. And I think I think they're certainly for this for the start of the, of the series and for the starting off the series, I think they're, they're quite strong characters and quite strong kind of story arcs as well certainly when i watched the first episode of it it i just i just i mean if it was today and it was on something like netflix i would probably end up watching about seven episodes in a row um yeah i just i like i like the, i like the comedy and the drama and i like a show that can that can skillfully go between kind of you know serious drama and comedy and to be fair, David David E. Kelly does that quite well from both L.A. Law and yeah. Ali McBeal. I mean, he's done a lot of other shows, but both of those shows did something similar uh, in terms of, uh, you know, that kind of comedy, but also yeah. the more serious stuff. Well, I think the Ali McBeal, which I was a fan of when it was out and I did watch I did watch it till the end, was probably wackier, probably a little bit more. It was a bit, it, yeah, it, it was it was more fluff, right? I mean, it, it, even the cases, some of the cases they took on. Uh, so, yeah, you're right, it was... It was it was a bit more fluffy, but I think I, from I, I don't know so much about LA Law, but certainly with with Ali McBeal and Boston League, you can tell that David E. Kelly has a liking for quirky characters. Oh no, well, I, mean, I think that's something that that you'll keep watching because you're trying to get that balance and that blend right between between drama, comedy, um, and and as well as the, the social aspect and bringing in the real world into it. But I think the other thing which he does, which is always something. And it's one of I mean it's the only reason why I'll ever watch a, a full a full series of anything is that I care about the characters and they're so well acted and it's so well made and it's so well written that you cannot yeah. you, you cannot but care about the not just the main characters but obviously in the surrounding cast that come in and obviously some of these characters don't don't last obviously they do you know the likes of. Uh, Sally and and Tara and stuff like that. They eventually they eventually go, and then obviously Laurie then goes at one stage, yeah. and then they bring in other characters and different types of characters. But even those that they bring in, you care about them. Like one like one of the characters, like the, the one character I wish they'd kept more in, which comes in I think in season three is is Jeffrey Coho, and I just went I love that guy, I just love that character, but. Yeah, he didn't. It was an odd. 
some some of the characters that was probably a, 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 I think a, crit, a criticism of the show was the the way some characters just seem to have been tossed aside after a certain period of time, like that was in we'll get into it in further episodes, but uh well it'll be much further down the line, but there there are a few characters like that where they just go and there's not really a, a reason. Like Jeffrey Cole was a great character, and then yeah. I don't know whether there was contract disputes or what the hell it was. I know at the time when Boston Legal was on, because they alluded to it, they break the fourth wall a few times, as you know, in Boston Legal, and the, where they're kind of referencing the fact that it's a TV show. And there were, there were issues where yeah. Boston Legal ended up being shunted around the schedules in the US. And as you know, right, I mean, for a show to be a hit over, overseas, it's got to be, it's certainly a US show, it's got to be a hit in the US. And it, it kind of, it, it had difficulty then with the ratings and stuff, but there, there certainly, there was certainly after season three, especially, uh, certain characters were thrown aside. The, but uh, what I would say was, is that they, they always replaced them with quite good characters. So it, it kind of, again, kept the, the kind of quality, quality of the show really kind of really kept up but i think in, in in summation for me for anyone who, who hasn't watched it but is thinking of watching it i think it's it's a great show and i think that watch the pilot and i think that for most people i think will will we'll want them to go back and and and, and do more yeah i think if uh, i agree i think if you li- if anybody was to watch it now and they were to and and let themselves become involved in it yeah and look at the characters you cannot put like God, I just fell in love with the show the first episode I fell in love with the characters especially fell in love with, with, with Danny Crane I just I don't know um, I think the older I get I think I'm, I'm, I'm more like the character a little bit but yeah, yeah. You, you cannot but just love just love Shat- watch Shatner and Alan Shore character James Spader you just it's just it's perfect in every way nearly and here's another thing because it's happened so many times that I've started to watch something and I'm glad because I, if I remember correctly I think it was nearly going to be cancelled after season 4 but there is something which which I think there should be a law that if you're going to do X amount of of episodes or series, then you have to have a finish. You have to, Even if it's cancelled, you need to have a finish. And that's something I loved about Boston Legal because I have it on DVD, but it has an ending. There's a finish to the air. Yeah. It doesn't finish because it was cancelled. And obviously they knew it was going to finish. This is right, you've got one more season. That's what they, that's what, that's what, yeah, that's what Sorkin did with Studio 60. They, they they kind of wrapped wrapped up this, this wrapped yeah. up the show in the one series, um. But yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's interesting you said because you know in America, I think there is, you've you've got to get a hundred episodes. I think the general episodes, yeah. rule is that there has to be a hundred episodes to make syndication. So for it to be then be repeated over over again and over you know overseas and, and stuff like that and sold packaged and sold. So which is why you actually don't really see Studio Sixty on anywhere. Um, because obviously there was just the one, the one Be- season, because it, it is something like the the final episode as final episodes are amazing when it's done right because my other favorite yeah. show is mash and again i have that whole thing on on dvd and i've watched it from start to finish i don't know how many times there's like, like hundreds of hours on it and i still at, at for the final episode i get it i get it why nearly the whole of america was watching the final episode of that and that was back in a time where there was yeah. no recording there was no internet there was nothing and the whole world just you know or all of america just stopped to watch it and i get it and i still watch it and it's still this might be my favorite pilot of any show right but the ending of of mash that last thing is still one of the greatest bits of television in, in my opinion but 
shows need to have oh, yeah. that final that finishing end for us to be it's nice when you're invested in something that there's an ending to it and it's I mean, it is in Boston legal obviously you know 100 shows from now we'll we'll talk about the, the last show I think there's 101 episodes so 100 more to go before we talk about the last episode five series 101 episodes I don't know do, do the math for how many minutes that is but well worth it absolutely so yeah, so I think the the um, the next one that we'll, we'll for the next kind of episode of this, I think this the second one is um still crazy after all these years. I think it's where, it's the one where um an ex girlfriend of Alan Shores is under I think psychiatric care, um she she had previously tried to kill him, um and I think he he has to he has to fight to get her, to get her released again, which which again is a really good episode and it, it does um the actress was in Lost actually, but it again it, it's it's a a good a good follow on i think episode from from the pilot so that will be the that'll be the next one that we that we delve into yep we'll do that and we'll um we'll have that out next week thanks to everybody for listening and um see you in a yeah in a week's time cheers guys brilliant see Bye. you for the next one cheers bye bye